In our scripture this morning, we continue to learn what a difference the resurrection makes in the lives of the disciples and in our own lives. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, Lord, and only to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Listen now to this story. Sometime early morning, fog gave way to light, and I, Peter, found myself back in the bowels of a boat among the fish and tackle, back in the middle of my work week, back at the grind of my old job. We'd been fishing all night long and catching no fish, not one. Here I was thinking I could just return to the way of life I had once known, to pick up where I left off. I was a success at this once. Being a fisherman was all I knew. There was no question of my identity then. Now here I am trying to do life myself in the way before I knew Jesus. Well, tired as we were after a fruitless night, we saw him then. Well, John saw him standing at the edge of the water as whole and as vigorous as we had ever seen him. We weren't that far out to sea yet. We could hear him clearly. Friends, haven't you caught any fish? Friends, I distinctly heard him say, friends, the ones who slept when he most needed comfort, the ones who doubted his words, the ones who abandoned him in the end, the one who denied him. Still, he calls us friends. Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Well, immediately we pulled those nets dangling idly on the left side of the boat and threw them to the other side. Sure enough, a full net bursting with fish of every kind. Out of his merciful and unwavering love, Jesus provided for us. Again, his faithfulness to us and to our needs, always wrapped up in his love for us, our most immediate needs we needed to feed our families, and those needs not readily apparent to us. We needed to find our way back to being disciples. Remember an earlier story of me and Jesus and water, my bold venture out of the boat and onto the murky waters to meet Jesus? Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus simply saying, come. But the wind and the water kicking up over the bow, it was too much for this faint of heart. I began to sink. With an outstretched hand, he pulled me to safety and said, Why do you doubt? I see now his body bent over a fire, making us breakfast on the beach. Most important meal of the day, I can still hear my mom say when I was a boy. Indeed. Jesus did not need our fish, of course. He had fish already cooking on the fire and loaves of bread waiting for us. Still, he invited us to be a part of it, to be a part of the making of the meal, to be active participants in the fellowship, to bring and share what we had. 
Bring some of the fish you just caught. Come, have some breakfast. This fire of burning coals reminds me of another charcoal fire where I warmed my hands in the cool, uncertain night air, and then, when asked by the servant girl, so easily denied my Lord, so easily dismissed my life as a disciple, filled with shame I am now for the bravado I had then before my denial, when I pledged my eternal loyalty to Jesus. Even if all fall away, Lord, I will not. Even if I have to die with you, Lord, I will never disown you. Three times I disowned my Lord, three times in the late night hours before the sound of the rooster's song. Well, it doesn't get more emphatic than denying someone three times. How now can I face my betrayal? How now can I face my painful past? How can I face the one I have loved and pledged my life to, the one I denied with the flick of a hand and the ease of a whisper? Here in the morning light of a new day over the steady warmth of a fire, Jesus will show me the way to forgiveness and restoration. Jesus will lead me to remember my name and my calling. Three times he asks, do you love me? Do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? And three times I must choose to follow him. I've always been drawn to this particular encounter on the beach between Peter and Jesus. And I wrote that adaptation of John 21 to put myself into this story as a way to reflect on my own denials of Jesus. The deep and abiding love of Jesus that he has for Peter is so evident in this beach scene, but it's not a love that forgets the painful past of Peter's denial. Jesus speaks to Peter in truth and love. It is one of those scenes in the Bible between Jesus and another person that I can so easily place myself in as though the Lord is speaking directly to me, in truth, not forgetting my denials and my failures, but also with deep love and mercy and grace. This is the kind of transparent and authentic relationship with Jesus that we long for, to be known and forgiven, forgiven in spite of all that Jesus knows about us. Do you love me, Dawn? Dawn, do you love me? Do you love me? The Easter narrative of Matthew 28 leads us into the scene of John 21, in fact, when the angel at the tomb said to Mary in Matthew, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Jesus himself meets the disciples a little while later and says, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Note how even then, so soon, after their abandonment and doubt, 
he still calls them brothers. Peter and the others return to their families, their homes, back to their fishing nets, their jobs, back to Galilee to wait for the Lord to meet them there. What else could they do? Now the disciples, in the passage we read today, have wasted a whole night on the water trying to go about their business of fishing, waiting for Jesus, wondering what to do next, wondering who they are. Then Jesus appears and helps them. And their nets are filled to overflowing. Jesus gives, as he has always given, abundantly. And Jesus reminds them that the abundant life he offers them has no limit in their daily tangible needs and in their ministry needs of faith and abundance. God is with them as God is with us. Despite our moments of doubt and fear, the days when we turn away from him or choose to follow something or someone other than Jesus. Jesus offers abundant grace and forgiveness to restore us, to bring us back to him. In John 21, this scene on the Sea of Galilee the disciples would be hard-pressed not to remember an earlier successful fishing story from Luke 5, 1 through 11, when they had been out all night again, the best time to catch fish, and yet not catching any fish. And Jesus shows up and tells them exactly what to do, and they obey him. Simon Peter, in fact, is the one who responds to Jesus, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Peter's faith in Jesus leads to his obedience with the nets, resulting in the abundant catch. In Luke 5, Peter lets down their nets, and they are filled with so much fish that the nets are almost breaking, and the boats are actually almost sinking, so that other boats have to come around them and help them. That's a lot of fish. Simon Peter, overwhelmed by Jesus' provision and care and recognizing his own sinfulness, falls down before the Lord. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. It's a dramatic posture. Peter's reaction to the abundance of fish juxtaposed with his earlier response of faith, because you say so, makes me wonder if, in fact, he was more skeptical than he let on. Perhaps Peter has faith in Jesus and lets down the nets at Jesus' command, and yet he still also has some doubts. Perhaps he expected Jesus to certainly fill their nets, but not to fill them with such abundance as to be overflowing. Perhaps he expected Jesus to be there for them, but not in the way he was. I recognize myself in this story, too. I am often that faithful one. I am also that one who has doubts. I know that in order to remain faithful to Jesus and to remember his faithfulness to me, I must put my faith in Jesus daily and nightly. What is it about the sun going down that can bring 
uncertainty upon us. Now, after Peter admits his sinfulness and lack of faith, Jesus promises that just as he provided abundance in their fishing, so he will provide abundance in their ministry, in their lives. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Now, in John 21, after all that has happened, the resurrected Lord meets them again on the shore and instructs them to recast their nets and in so doing, remember the abundance that he has always offered them in life and in ministry. How could they not connect the earlier miracle of abundance from Luke 5 to the present one in John 21 and see the Lord's consistent constant, faithful provision, even after they had failed him at the crucifixion. What hope that is for us as well when we forget the Lord. Returning to our story of breakfast on the beach, when the fish had been hauled in and bread had been broken, Jesus turns to Peter it is the conversation, no doubt, that Peter has been waiting for, perhaps even dreading. In this exchange, Jesus pursues Peter in truth and in love three times. Three times Peter denied Jesus, and three times Jesus asks Peter if his love for him is true. Do you love me? Three times Jesus reminds Peter of his original calling to love and serve Jesus and Jesus only. Then take care of my sheep. Three times Jesus calls on Peter to choose again to follow me. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And with this affirmative answer, Jesus gives Simon his vocation and the new name that is tied to this vocation. It is as Peter, not Simon, that he will feed and tend the Lord's sheep, the Lord's lambs. The restored call that comes to Peter is the immediate call from the risen Christ, follow me. Peter's encounter with Jesus is redemptive and life-giving and honest. Jesus speaks to Peter in truth and love. In truth, Jesus allows Peter to acknowledge his past denials. Do you love me? Which is necessary for Peter's restoration. And in love, Jesus renews Peter's identity as a disciple, as one who is loved, who is forgiven, empowered, and sent by God to preach the good news. Now, Peter's restoration is not instantly complete. As we see in the end of John's gospel, in a very human moment, the sign of the remaining rivalry between Peter and the disciple called Beloved, Jesus tells Peter what will happen to him if he follows in the way of Jesus and the cross. It's not going to be easy. He does not sugarcoat it. When you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. It was to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Upon hearing this, Peter asks about John. What about him? 
And Jesus responds bluntly and leaves no doubt to how he feels about the question posed to him by, he, by Peter. What is that to you? We don't need to compare ourselves to one another. God has a singular purpose for each one of us. Jesus is telling Peter, I have a particular purpose for you. I am calling you, Peter, to a particular vocation. This call is the only thing that should concern you, not what I might be calling someone else to do. The call of Jesus to Peter and to us is clear and simple. Follow me. Perhaps this Easter season, you too are seeking restoration with God, seeking the abundant life he has for you as a forgiven, beloved child of God. Perhaps you are trapped by painful memories, events, situation, wounds of the past, and you long for God's restorative healing. You long for his new name for you, a new purpose for your life. Friends, believe this good news. Jesus Christ is alive. And he is calling to you, calling to each one of you, calling you by name and calling you with the purpose he has particularly chosen for you. God patiently seeks each one of us with his love again and again and again, he will not leave us. Listen for his voice. Be open, attentive to his calling. This season of Easter and beyond, may you know the love and grace and mercy of God in your lives and in the purpose that he has for you to proclaim the good news of our risen Lord and Savior. To each one of us here today, Jesus is saying right now, come and follow me. Amen. Let us continue in our worship around the Lord's table.